0: Join me as we step out of the box, break away from the paradigm and embrace our destinies, take a walk into the dark with me. I'm your host, Brad Heath. Welcome to the OGS Network, coming to you from the OGS studios right here in Middle America. We got a good one for you tonight. Our guest is Brian Terrell. He is the founder of Red Dirt Cryptid Investigations. We're going to get into some Dogmen and some Bigfoot and see what they've got going on here In Oklahoma, but before we do that, we want to thank tonight's guest. uh, I'm sorry, tonight's sponsor, BratLegacyFilms.com. Brat Legacy Films currently filming the documentary Brat Ambition, covering the success stories of former military brats and what they're doing today. Uh, You can find them on Facebook or online at BratLegacyFilms.com. So let's get into this with our guest tonight, Brian Terrell. He's the founder of Red Dirt Cryptid Investigations, like we mentioned. In 2017, his interest peaked and he began to research online and in the field and quickly realized there was not a lot of information out there and he wanted to fix that for us and be able to provide us with more information about what some of the people here in Oklahoma and in uh, South Kansas, what they were experiencing and what they were seeing um, all through Oklahoma. You can find them on YouTube. You can find them on Facebook, TikTok. Uh, they do field investigations. They do consultations for people who have been affected by these creatures. So let's bring him in right now, Brian Terrell. Brian, thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Brad, thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. Hey, listen, this is a topic that we've hit on before our viewers and listeners really enjoy these shows, they have a good time with these, Um, and it's something that I think mainstream media tends to avoid a little bit, but we are not going to do that tonight. We are going to dive right in, and if you could, Brian, just give us a little bit of background on you and uh, what really started or piqued your interest into this topic.
1: Well, when I was a kid, uh, I would say probably about 11 years old, I found a, uh, what now everybody calls a three-toed footprint down at the family farm, and uh, I had no idea what I was looking at at the time, and uh, when I was a kid, you know, we we didn't have a whole lot of internet and stuff like that, I read a bunch of books, and at the time, you know, I kind of fancied myself a tracker, and uh, I didn't have a whole lot else to do, you know? And so I was trying to figure out what this thing was that I'd found this footprint of. I knew whatever it was was big. I knew it had three toes. But other than that, I didn't know because it was half in, half out of the creek. And there was only one footprint. And uh I tried as I may, and I made a big circle. I never did find any more footprints. And uh, fast forward to about the time I'm like 33, 35. I don't remember how old I was at the time. I was sitting around uh, drinking a beer, watching some random Bigfoot uh, show on TV in my in my living room, and uh, they showed this uh, three-toed footprint. Uh, I believe it was one of those ones from the Falcon Monster, if uh, if I remember right. I don't remember exactly what movie it was, but I mean, I, I dang near spit my beer out when I saw that. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it just sometimes that when you see stuff like that, it triggers a bunch of memories and all that stuff just came back to me. And I was like, Holy crap. That's what I was looking for that summer. You know? Yeah. And it really messed with my head. Uh, got me to thinking, brought up a lot of things. I was realizing that some of the stuff that was going on on the farm that I was getting in trouble for, um, that wasn't me, you know? and uh, now that I'm a little bit older and a little wiser and I know about their habits and I know about you know some of their strange behaviorisms and stuff I realized they were down there on the farm with me but it really didn't hit me until much much later what was really going on yeah and ever since then you know I've been an avid outdoorsman I know everybody says that but I I would have to say I really am. Not only have I just about everything that Oklahoma has to offer, but I've also been a scout leader for, I don't know, over 20 years. And I spent a lot of time in the woods camping and fishing and just being out there. I'd rather be out there than indoors. But, you know, I I would always run across these strange things, you know, these oddball things. So I was always aware as an adult that there was a really good chance that there was something else out there. But it wasn't until I got a little bit older. It wasn't really till 2003 that I, I actually had my first encounter with uh, a cryptid. But, uh, you know, to be honest with you, 2003, when I saw my first one, I had no idea what I was looking at. Sure, yeah. Much later, you know, when I saw my first dog man at, at 2008, You know, it didn't stand up on its hind legs and walk. You know, it was on all fours. And so, again, you know, I was left not really understanding what I was looking at. I thought I was just looking at some type of mutant wolf-looking dog. Right. You know, and so it wasn't until many years later that, uh, you know, I was listening to some podcasts. My brother sent me some podcasts and got me hooked on listening to podcasts. And uh, that was shortly, you know, before 2017. And uh, once I realized, you know, what a dog man was and realized that I'd already seen one. I mean, again, mind blown. What, what do you, what do you, how do you process that? And, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I started looking around or seeking information like almost everybody does that, seize one of these things and you know there was nothing in my area you know northwest up southern kansas there was really nothing and uh, so i started reaching out and asking questions and doing research and you know i just decided man there really needs to be some kind of platform for my specific area where people can reach out tell you what's going on and talk about and create a safe place. And if somebody, you know, if there was somebody that was scared, had some activity going on and, you know, a lot of times this, especially Sasquatch activity is, is mistaken for uh, aggressive behavior. Mm. People, these things scare people when they don't know what they're doing sure. and they don't know when they don't know what their behaviorisms and manners are. You know, those things scare people, you know, People on a regular basis misunderstand and misinterpret dog behavior. You know, regular dogs, right? Uh, but you know, you you throw uh, uh, you know another nine hundred pounds on there. <laughs> and you, you see where I'm going with this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and we've got a pretty intelligent audience when it comes to these types of topics. But let's let's dive into a little bit of dogmen and what. We do know about this cryptid. Um, you had an encounter in 2008. Tell me about that encounter, and then let's let's kind of tell the audience again what what we believe or what we know about Dogman. Okay.
1: Well, my my encounter, the one that I had that was really good. That well, I've, I've actually seen two of them, but they were they both looked different. Uh, one was, I think, what they call a type two. Uh, the one that kind of
0: has the uh, hyena face, okay, and uh, but it was
1: black, and the other one was, uh, I believe, what you call type one variant. Uh, if you go by those uh, charts that you see floating around on the internet, I don't know who made them up or whatever, but you know they suit my purposes for the two I've seen. But uh, the the type one that I saw in two thousand eight, um, I was driving around uh out by um covington oklahoma to be with you and uh, i was going out to one of my uh, family farms and it was broad daylight uh, i don't exactly remember what time it was but i can tell you that it was uh it was winter time and uh, i was just driving down and there's this uh, little valley and uh there's there's this place there's just there, it's kind of a dry creek you know sure. where you know, it, there's only water running through it whenever it's raining. You know, I, I, I guess you'd call it a wash or something. But uh, it has, you know, banks and stuff. Well, on one of those banks, I was just driving my pickup, and I happened to drive over the edge down, down the road, and I look over to my left, and there it is sitting there. Its uh, its front is up, and its uh, haunches are down. And it's just sitting there, and it's not. It didn't even look at me. It's actually kind of funny because it
0: almost seemed like I surprised it in a pickup. Yeah, right. And I really wasn't that far away
1: from it, maybe 65, 70 yards. I don't know. One of these days, I'm going to buy one of those those um, fancy tools that uh, measures distance. Uh, but I, I still haven't. I still haven't done that. But you know, I look out there and I see it. This thing is sitting there. It looks happy, to be honest with you. And it's uh, overlooking the valley. And it's not unusual to see coyotes doing stuff like that. You know, basically what they're doing is they're sitting there and they're watching for prey. You know, rabbits, um, you know, mice, stuff like that. It's pretty common coyote behavior. But this thing was just sitting up there and it was watching over the valley and it was being real still. And it was just sitting there. And it, it looked like a... Black wolf, hmm. except at a a really large head, and its chest was really wide, like exceptionally wide for a dog. Um, you know how when you look at a real wolf and you look straight on, they actually look kind of you know like anorexic or something.
0: Yeah, they're they're, kind kind they're of a real... skinnier face.
1: Yeah, the, and and their and their legs like almost touch. Hmm. They're so they're they're to be, if you look at a wolf from the front, they almost look frightened. You yeah, know? Yeah. Well, this thing was not that way. Uh, his, well, he was really big, first of all, but, you know, his legs were as far apart as my arms and my chest. I mean, it was, obviously, he had a chest, a torso, you know? Now, I didn't get to see his hands because, well, they were on the ground supporting him. And uh, the first thing I thought was, you know, I was like, damn, that's a really big dog, you know? Yeah, right. I, I turned my head, and, and I, at the time I was thinking that it turned and looked at me. And when it looked at me, it went from looking happy to, I don't know, angry, you know, irritated. irritated
0: right, would be yeah. The word. And, uh, and I instinctively,
1: I turned my head back forward, and I looked at the road, you know, because you, you're driving, you look at the road, and... And uh, I guess my brain was was running this scenario by, and and I just, I was punching the numbers. I was like, that thing is only about, you know, 65, 70 yards away. That thing is not a big dog. That thing is massive. That thing is huge.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I turned around and I looked back at it, and it's running away. And it's running away from me and I could see its hindquarters, part of its front and I could see its tail and uh, it's running funny to be honest with you uh, it had an awkward uh, gait to it it was, uh, I noticed that it seemed like it was kicking
0: its feet out when it ran a little bit more than a regular dog would You mean like, it's, like like out to the side?
1: no, well yeah kind of
0: i don't know like up higher okay re- yeah up high.
1: yeah it was almost like it was you know like when a horse kicks yeah yeah well that's kind of what it looked like a little bit and uh the tail was like really really bushy like ridiculously bushy <laughs> you know you take like a normal wolf and you look at their tail and you just add like three times more hair to it and that's what it looked like the tail and uh that thing was making a beeline for the trees to the north. And I don't think I got two, three full seconds of looking at the thing before it was gone. I wow. mean, it, was, it was gone. It was moving. It was broken. But it was running on all fours. Mm. So I never got to see this thing stand up. And I never got to see its, its hands. Its head was really wide. Its chest was ridiculously wide. And it was basically the size of a cow. Wow! Uh, if I, maybe a, 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 a almost adult cow. If I was standing right next to it, I'm pretty sure that it would, its head, its eyes would be right at chin level on me. I think my eyes would have been a little bit higher. It's one, but it was it was that tall sitting down. And, uh, and so I had no idea what I was looking at. I'd never even heard the word, dump and I, I didn't have any idea what it was. And so I turned around after it disappeared. Now I was watching it until it went into the woods. Once it went in the woods, I kind of like sped up and I kept driving it and it was kind of an odds peeling. I wouldn't say that I felt dread like a lot of people. I think to feel dread you gotta know what that thing is and i didn't know i i didn't know and i really back in 2008 i was a real late bloomer for the internet i had no idea i thought the internet was a passing fad for a long time
0: <laughs> yeah and
1: so but i i did have an email account back then and you know people used to send you pictures on your email account you it up and it'd be something funny or some little haiku thing or something. And I'd seen these pictures on the internet of these little Chinese girls standing next to these giant dogs. You know, these these mastiffs and stuff like that. You know, you remember those? Sure. Yeah. They, they'll go around the internet every once in a while. They'll pop up. And uh, well, I just told myself I was like, well, that must have been what I seen. I saw some kind of dog that had some kind of he was a mutant, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it. And uh, maybe, it, you know, because humans have gigantism. You know, why, why couldn't an animal, you right.
0: know? sure.
1: It's, enti- it's not out of the, uh, the realm of a natural possibility. So for a long time, that's basically how I uh, justified that in my mind. And I didn't have a name for it, so I called it a wolf dog. Actually, me and my brother started calling it a wolf dog because, you know, the first thing that I thought about is, you know, my brother, he goes out and he coon hunts at night on our property over here that is literally three-quarters of a mile to the east of where I saw that thing. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, I don't want my brother to run into that thing at night right but this, so i there was only one place up there back then that you could get a cell phone tower and that was at the top of the hill so i drove to the top of the hill and i got on the phone i called my brother and i asked my brother i said hey uh you know and i'm trying to think of a way that i could ask him this question without him making fun of me and thinking i'm a, a tart or something you know
0: and I, do you have a brother I do, yes. Does he make fun of you insatiably every mm. chance he gets? No, because he knows I'll take him out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should have got my
1: bluff in earlier with this one. I tell you what, but but now I'm sitting here trying to think. You know, how am I going to blame to him what I just saw, and uh, you know, in a convincing manner? Well, I, I kind of decided that that wasn't really possible. You know, you don't go tell your brother, "Hey, I just saw a wolf that's as big as a cow." Right? It, I mean, it's like so. I called him up and I said, "Hey, uh, man, I just saw this uh, ridiculously big uh, black dog over here." And he's like, "Oh, really?" He's like, "Well, how big was it?" And I kind of dodged that question. You know, I was kind of like, "It was really ridiculous. It was really big." Really big. I could only—I saw it at a distance, you know. And I kind of spun that part as I remember. But I asked him if he'd seen anything or or, or anything, and he he did mention that he'd seen some really big dog tracks uh, down at that 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 place. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, how big were they?" And he goes, "Well, you know, they were they were bigger than uh, Hobo, and Hobo was a, uh he was a really big uh, neutered." walker coon dog and uh, he was he was a big boy and he had big foot big feet so i'm gonna and, and my brother didn't think much of it. he just thought it was somebody out there fishing or something with some with a really big dog and but i'm gonna guess you know hobo's footprint was probably he was a big boy probably four inches across and uh most wolves you know their footprint is, uh, you know, like uh, over four and a half inches. You know, the adults are they're five inches, but really nothing bigger than that. Right. But for, for my brother to notice that it was a lot bigger than hobos, I'm thinking that this footprint that he saw back in the day uh, must have been, you know, pushing five inches. And I'm thinking it might have been that dog, it might have been that dog man. Wow. But he hadn't seen anything of it, but we did have another, what I think, and he argues with me on this, and he's, he's got a valid point, but I think we had another run-in with that several months later out there at that property that is right next to where I saw it, because we were hunting coyotes, and my brother and I had, uh, a lot of times we would take advantage of deer stands, and I had these two deer stands that I had set up for myself and for my son, and sometimes we would hunt coyotes out of it. Well, we had the perfect set. I mean, the wind was in our favor. Uh, everything was right. It was nice and quiet. And I actually set out like a fake de- uh, fawn decoy. And I actually had some, some dope pee that I put on there just to, you know, convince them. And so I started blowing on my, uh, you know, my wounded fawn column. And I mean, all of a sudden, oh and my brother was up in a tree, about fifteen feet straight north of me. Okay, so he was basically watching one direction; I was watching the other. But we could both turn around and see everything. We had a pretty good field of view. Right. But anyway, so here comes all of a sudden, I start blowing on this call, and all of a sudden we just hear all hell breaking loose to the north. You know, probably about two hundred yards to the north. And I mean that whatever this is is coming through the woods like it don't care about nothing. And I gotta admit, my first thought was, oh man, we're you know, we're calling in a cow because I've called in a lot of cows. Cows cows are nosy. You ever hear the word nosy? people say nosy heifer? Yeah. Yeah, cows <laughs> when some when they hear uh, some kind of uh kind of distress type call, they'll come in to see what's going on deer will do it too sometimes and uh, they'll usually mess up your hunt but i hear this thing coming through the woods and i remember i looked around at my brother my brother turned around looked at me like what in the hell you know i hear this thing that'll come so you know i'm taking my gun off safety and I actually kind of fidget slid around in my seat where I was angling that direction a little bit more. My brother was already lined up on it. And, uh, all of a sudden it it comes in to about, I'm going to say about 50 yards and it just stops, you know? And there's these, this little back cedar trees that are there right, right there. And, uh, they work real good for me when I'm hunting deer out of that stand because the deer can't see me on the other side of the cedar trees until they walk out, and they're right there on my shooting lane. It's perfect setup. Well, this thing stopped behind those cedar trees. And I never saw nothing moving. But my brother said that he could see something moving through the trees. Like, he could just see movement back there behind those cedar trees. He said it moved around, and it probably sat there for— seconds being real quiet and then all of a sudden boom it took off running right back the way it came and I'm here to tell you right now neither one of us did anything to bust us ourselves the wind was in our direction we'd done everything right whatever that thing was was super aware I guess you could say or you know just really had a sixth sense about it.
0: Yeah. As uh,
1: if, if that would have been a coyote, or even a cougar, or something like that, we would have nailed it. And whatever that thing was, it was uh, it was smart. It
0: it it detected you two pretty yeah. quickly then.
1: Yeah, and we were doing
0: everything right.
1: Yeah. It, it was, it was crazy, you know. And I'm sitting over here, and we can kind of hear it. At first, you could hear it moving away at a fast pace, and it slowed down. And it got real quiet, you know. And I'm over here looking at my brother, and my brother's looking at me, and we both got these stupid looks on our face like, what the hell just happened? Now, my brother argues with me that that could have been a coyote. And he's, he's not wrong. We didn't lay eyes on it. But I can tell you coyotes don't normally make that much noise coming through the woods and coyotes are usually i mean i know how smooth coyotes are and even an older dog you know he'll he'll have his tricks but an older coyote will go downwind of you he'll try to circle around you try to figure out what you are before he commits and this thing didn't even try that it was almost like this thing just knew. yeah you know and so as far as that goes it kind of almost acted more like a cat in that that manner but I'm just I'm just kind of rambling here but I still to this day I believe that that was that dog man. Now my brother he prefers to not believe that. Sure. And, you know and he may be right. He he may be right but you know if if I had to put money I think it would be that thing cuz the the behavior was just so different from any other you know, coyote. So, but anyway, and well, it bounded it bigger
0: coming through the woods. Well, so. since we're talking about uh, some type of uh, 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 intelligent creature moving through the woods, let's transition to Sasquatch. I know here in Oklahoma, one of the hot spots is considered to be southeastern Oklahoma, but really these sightings and reports are coming in from all over, are they not?
1: Oh, yeah. Anywhere there's a river or a flowing stream. Yeah. yep, they're all over. I mean, we get reports up in northwestern
0: Oklahoma. Where there's not very many trees and hills and <laughs> well, thing, things to hide in, right? Uh, well, everybody,
1: uh, that's, that's one of the uh, misconceptions, I would say. Your average individual... You know, they think about northwest Oklahoma, and they get this, this vision of the, the, the rolling plains. That might have been accurate 100 years ago, but that's not really the truth right now. I mean, you get along any river, and uh, you've got deep, dark woods, uh, you know, and, and a considerable amount of Now, there are spots where there's a whole bunch of open fields. But there is these—I uh, guess you call some people call them travel corridors. Yeah. These, you know, and, and you've got giant, massive patches of woods out here in northwestern Oklahoma. Even if you get up around Fort Supply, if you know where to look, there's a lot of woods. Um, I did a video, out uh, looking for a, a sasquatch sign at Fort Supply Lake. At the uh, wildlife management area out there, a couple of years ago, go look at that YouTube video. You'd think we was in southeastern Oklahoma. Wow. I mean, deep dark woods.
0: Yeah, I know that in the uh, in in southwestern Oklahoma, in the Wichita Mountain Range, I know there's been several dog reports down there, and and I've even found some some Sasquatch reports, and even. You know, back uh, the famous case of uh, Billy Perry in nineteen seventy-seven in Dewey County near near Visai, Oklahoma. Uh, the fifteen-year-old who was leaving the uh, house to go to go feed his uh, his pigs. Dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a crazy deal, and uh, that was in the newspaper. Um, that was in the Daily Oklahoma. That that was. Yeah, they even they even formed search parties, if I remember correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but there's there's been, you know, there and that's the thing that people don't realize. There's there is a historical precedent for Bigfoot and dogman going all the way back. There's these old newspaper reports and stuff like that. You know, th- these these old these newspaper guys weren't making this stuff up. I mean, there might have been a few that did, but back then Men valued their word,
0: yeah. you know, Yeah. and as a newspaper man, your word was
1: basically your whole reputation, and if you were, you know, putting, you know, horse hockey out in your newspaper, it wouldn't be long, I mean, I don't know, I guess there's the argument that people pay good money for gossip columns in the National Enquirer, but, man, I don't buy that. You know, I mean i w I've never bought a national inquiry in my life. Is
0: there is there one case here in Oklahoma that you would consider maybe the most credible or one that really stands out to you as as maybe the most famous? Is there is there a case out there like that or do they all kind of share equal value? Well,
1: there's always the siege of Hanobia, Hanabi. Right. But I think the one that in my opinion um, probably is the most documented, it would be the abominable chicken man of, of El Reno. Um, that thing was in the newspaper off and on for a long time. And they were bringing in, uh, you know, experts from OU and they were taking physical evidence down to OU and submitting it for analysis. And, and uh, you know, they actually had uh, Sasquatch blood on that door that they removed from the chicken coop and they took it, they took it in and analyzed it, but that was in the seventies. And I don't think that they had the technology, to,
0: you know, actually figure out what kind of blood it really was. Yeah. And if... they covered that publicly, uh,
1: to the best of my knowledge with, uh, with dignity. I mean, they did, you know, nowadays if there's a Bigfoot report, there's always, you know, the, the uh, reporters or the the news anchors, or you know, they're raising that one eye, and kind of half winking at the crowd as they're giving the report. Now, I don't think that that's. I think it was taken very seriously, reported accurately, and uh, followed diligently uh, by the local newspapers of the time. And I believe there was write ups in the in Oklahoma, on too.
0: Right, and and I think we've seen an increase in. Kind of the the turning in turning a story into a, a a laughable situation because there's probably something that they can't explain what it is and so rather than trying to research it and figure it out and and do all those things that you're doing it's just easier to laugh it off and make fun of it and just move on. We've seen it with UFOs. We've seen it with all kinds of things. So. Um, I'm not surprised well, that they, you know, that they would take that turn eventually. Well, in a,
1: in a way it kind of makes sense because you know, over the last 50 years, the general population has been leaving the rural areas and moving towards your major metropolitan
0: areas. Right.
1: So, and I'm just going to say this, it might offend people, but you know, when you got a bunch of city people, sitting around and they're like bigfoot whatever you know you know it doesn't have the the first time you go out and actually walk out into a national forest you realize I could could get lost out here and, and they would never find my body you know I could take off and disappear in here and never come out you know there, these there's so much habitat, there's so much undis, unexplored area. just in southeastern Oklahoma, you know the Kayamanches and the Washitaws over there. I mean it's humbling. You can drive through there for hours. you'll yeah. be in the forest. People don't realize it. You know that that national forest down there, the Kayaamichies, that is one of the smallest national forests that
0: we've got. It's bigger than the Oklahoma City metro area, I bet you yeah, yeah it's yeah. big, it's hilly. there's creeks and streams and you know there's plenty of habitat there's all types of, of uh, game so walking that, around yeah 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 they, they don't they don't realize that because
1: they don't get out there. But they're usually the first ones to turn their nose up and laugh at it. yeah you what,
0: know, do you, for- what do you think um, what do you think is behind or maybe you don't have an opinion on it, but what do you think is going on with the disappearances that take place in our national parks and forests? Well, there, there's a large number of people, and and there's been many studies about this where, they know that there's about 12 different factors that are usually, at least half of those factors are in play, um, and 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 some people are just simply disappearing. Yeah,
1: um, man, that could it could be a lot of things.
0: Yeah, it, uh,
1: you know, a lot of people are hitting around that it's Bigfoot activity. Uh, there's the famous story about Albert Austin who was kidnapped. Uh, by uh, a male Bigfoot and taken back to his, his family, you know, in a, in a cave. And uh, a lot of people laugh about that. But that man documented in that newspaper report and that sworn affidavit at the time details about those Sasquatch that weren't really uh, known until the, the 80s and 90s. About Sasquatch behavior, and he was accurately describing. He spent uh, what was it a week with him?
0: Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he was describing stuff. Now, why did they kidnap him? You know, uh, there's the argument that you know they were trying. The the father was trying to get a breeding partner for the the young female or, or whatever. I mean, obviously they they weren't planning on eating. You know. But and I can understand the breeding concern. I mean, that's a natural thing, and it's you know, it's it's a, in one way or shape or another, it's a concern of every animal, you know. But uh, why are these old men that are like 80 years old, way past their prime, that you know, like they, that one that David played, where they. they the sons took him out. This eighty-year-old man set him on a rock. Said, "You know, shoot any deer that come your way." They come back forty-five minutes later. He's gone. You know. And uh, what happened to that guy? What's the deal with these people taking their clothes off in the middle, folding their clothes, setting them on a stump, and walking butt
0: naked into the into the mountains to die of hypothermia? Right. Yeah. There's been several cases like that. Um, it, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's interesting because people want to tie it to something. They, they don't just want to walk away from it and go, well, it's just unexplainable. We don't know. They want to tie it to something. Do you think that there is a, a breed or a type of Bigfoot out there that would be aggressive towards human beings and, and, and could possibly um, maim or kill someone? Uh, like that, who's who's just by themselves my, in the woods?
1: My answer to that is yes, but first let me clarify something. Okay, you got to realize too, we're not just looking for one answer. Okay, if we've got let's just say eight thousand people that went missing, you know, over the last three years in uh, North America. Okay, out of those eight thousand, you know. There's going to be different things that happen to a certain amount of those people were just, you know, jumping from rock to rock and they slipped and fell and they got wedged in between some, some rocks and nobody ever found them again. But I do believe that a certain percentage of them, of people stumble onto a Bigfoot or possibly a dog man and they stumble into a situation where perhaps there's young involved and they just, they just get murdered, you know, Yeah. Um, Same thing happens with bears. Everybody knows that. But I think that the difference is is where a bear will just kill you and leave you all over the place, you know, eat part of you and leave. Uh, The the Bigfoot, I believe, are smart enough to know that there's going to be a potential search party coming. And that's why I think that there is uh, these bodies are taken to, you know, several, four, you know, seven, eight miles away and deposited somewhere, you know, I think that they do that because they don't want to have to relocate from their home ground. Yeah. I mean, that's just my speculation. Right, yeah. And, you know, and and they have, you know, I'm sure they're just like us. They've got, you know, cranky ones, you know, and uh, I'm sure that... uh, I would be willing to say that, you know, they're probably just like us. Ninety percent of us would never hurt a flea, you know. Yeah. But if it wasn't for the laws that keep us in check and the the threat of incarceration, we'd have a lot more murders. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, and these creatures, you know, they're not worried about going to jail. So, you know, if you endanger them or if you stumble on them, all they'd have to do is backhand you and they break your neck. Right. So, I think that a certain percentage of it is probably random run-ins that just ended fatally with a with a Bigfoot or a Dogman. Uh, and I think there's a certain number of them that were, you know, I think uh, they were actually murdered by other humans. Um. Possibly even their friends that they went backpacking with. You never know.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it's. Uh, I think that there's a lot of different reasons. You can't pin all of those on one particular thing. Yeah, there, there's going to be a variety of things. But, but do I think that Sasquatch probably kills people? Yes, and when they do, I think they probably hide the evidence or re, or, or relocate the
0: evidence. Yeah. Do you, Do you think we're going to have to kill one or trap one for definitive proof well I really don't
1: think that's going to happen and and the reason why is I think the government's protecting them um, I think that uh, I think that the government monitors they've got algorithm mm. listening to everybody's phone and I think that uh, if, if somebody gets on the phone and, and you know says oh I just I just hit a dog man with my truck out here. You need to come check this out. You know, they they probably have quick response teams, and they swoop in. They threaten everybody with everything from their life to their retirement. You know, and uh, they get everything hushed
0: up. Yeah. What What <laughs> should what What should someone do if they they sight one or they 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 find prints? Maybe that's it's at a it's at a farm. You know, somebody's somebody's place and they 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 find prints or they think they've seen one what what should that just every average ordinary citizen do at that point
1: well the first thing you need to do is you need to try to get online and if you don't already know a a credible field researcher um you need to you know try to seek that out um sometimes that can be difficult who you're getting into bed with on those deals. And, uh, but, you know, um, you know there's, there's the BRFO the horror stories. A lot of people hate them. A lot of people think they're great. Uh, but the truth is, is you need to get a hold of somebody to document it, you know, to try to document it. Because there's a reason why, you know, nobody thinks that Bigfoot is in Kansas or Northwest Oklahoma. It's because nobody is reporting it. Yeah. People are afraid and they're afraid that, you know, they are local people, you know, almost every single crypt researcher investigator that does this type of work, they all have a, uh, you know, an, an oath that they've given publicly that they're, not, if you want to be remain anonymous, you can't, you know, it's that way with me. I've got, uh, I've got reports, you know, that, uh, I am the only person that knows that name. Not even the other people within my group. Mm. You know, I've got reports that they said they wanted to be anonymous. We've got reports that Jeff Hatfield, my one of the guys that uh, I work with in the Red Dirt Cryptids, you know, he's taken reports and they're anonymous, and I have no idea who reported those. He's the only one. Wow. You know.
0: Well, it's good that you guys offer that to people because I think there are a lot of people who initially are just, you know, concerned about the backlash of, of reporting something like that. Right. You know, and I
1: felt that before, you know. When I saw my first flying cryptid in 2003, you know, I thought, oh, surely I'm imagining things. But when I saw my second one, I was stupid enough to go to work and ask my fellow co-worker who were in the same area all the time just like me I'm thinking well I've seen two of them <laughs> apparently one of the other guys has seen one I yeah. was stupid enough to ask them at the at a safety meeting and I got laughed out there you know and that's that that is just how people treat each other nowadays they sure. just they People treat
0: each other poorly. And its it really is. Yeah, and and part of the reason why we do what we do here is to help spread the word, to give people a voice, to let them express and tell their stories. You know, some of our guests are not an investigator. They're not someone who's done endless amounts of research. They're just someone who's seen something and have experienced something. And those those tend to be great guests because they're just telling their story and what, what happened to them. And, and, and we want to give them an opportunity to do that. So that's why we, from time to time, we'll have just a, just an ordinary citizen on to talk about what they've experienced. You know, Brian, we could do two, three hours on this easy. I mean, I've, I've got a list of questions that is as, as big as the sheet of paper in front of me, but I want to save some of it because I do want to bring you back. I want to have you back on, and maybe, maybe sometime in February, um, I want you to catch us up on your latest investigations. Um, yeah. You know what's been going on with that. What else is going on with the Red Dirt Cryptid investigations? But tell us if somebody wanted to find you guys, where's the first place they should look?
1: Well, we've got a presence on Facebook. It's uh, the Red Dirt Cryptid Investigations. You really can't miss us. Um, I've got a presence on YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel. Uh, we actually do videos where we go out and either investigate eyewitness or not investigate eyewitnesses. We interview eyewitnesses. And sometimes we go out and we investigate certain areas that are local hotspots. And, and uh, we look for evidence. Although, you know, unfortunately there's you know, it's kind of unusual for us to actually go out and find evidence. Although, here lately, we've been doing pretty well. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're going to go out 10 times before you find one one footprint, you know. and uh, But, you know, we just basically, there's there's YouTube, there's Facebook, and I've got a little fledgling TikTok account that we've just started. I'm, I'm still trying to figure that platform.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well no. I, l- luckily my uh, my my producer Aaron the Baron he's he's a younger guy so he can uh, he can figure all that stuff out for me I leave that stuff to him oh yeah yeah I'm so I've, I've got that going for me
1: if you want to communicate with the younger people you've got to break down and do so, be on a platform other than uh, you know Facebook they say Facebook's for boomers right <laughs>
0: that's that's what I'm hearing they've all abandoned uh, Anyone who's like uh, 40 and under, I think, has abandoned Facebook just about.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, it's it's a fad thing. You know, there's the Snapchat. I had a Snapchat account for a little while that was a personal one, but man, I just don't get that stuff. And you know, but uh, hey, you know, if that's what they're into, if you want to reach them, you got to speak their language.
0: No doubt. And we're gonna post this show tonight. I'll include a a link to your page. Um, I encourage everyone, all of our all of our listeners and viewers, to uh, go check out the Facebook page, go check out the YouTube channel, um, like everything that these guys are doing because it's important research. It's putting the uh, information out there for us to follow. And uh, like I said, Brian, let's let's bring you back. Let's bring you back sometime in February. And then maybe sometime in the future we'll actually get you here in studio. Maybe we'll do like a big two hour show or something.
1: Oh, cool! Yeah,
0: yeah. I've never been in a real studio before. Well, we call it a studio, but it it, it it's a real. It's a studio, but it's a, it's also my it's also my uh, movie room. I, I I do some producing on the side, and so. Um, most right. of the stuff in here is all about movies, but uh yeah, this is right. where we do the show anyway. But yeah, you I'd love to have you come in, uh sit with us and uh do a do a bigger show and we can really we can really dive into some of this and what's going on here in Oklahoma. Well, I'd love it. All right, I'd that's that's Brian Terrell, everybody. Red Dirt Cryptid Investigations. Brian, we appreciate you coming on and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Patty. Thanks for having me on. All right, all right thank you. Bye bye. So, that is um, a quick look into what we have going on here in Oklahoma with Red Dirt Cryptid Investigations. You know, it's, it's southeastern Oklahoma that gets all of the attention, um, it's kind of the, the Bigfoot hub, so to speak, it's Bigfoot Central, um, that is where they have the Bigfoot Festival. Uh, Gasquatch is down there. If you've never been to Idabel, Oklahoma, you need to go check out Gasquatch. There's literally a gas station with this giant, I don't know, it's got to be 50, 60 feet tall, uh, Sasquatch holding a, uh, holding his Gasquatch sign. Um, our, our Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell was so impressed by it, he had to take a selfie with it, so, um, we appreciate Brian for coming on. Again, go check them out, Red Dirt Cryptid Investigations. Uh, you want to uh, follow them, let them uh, l- give them a like, and, and uh, let them know that you, you heard them here on OGS. A couple of things real quick, and then we're going to get out of here. I know we've been talking about this Oklahoma City bombing story that we've been working on uh, investigating the death of Officer Terry Yakey. Um, we had some information come to us and we put that show on hold because we wanted to vet the information that we got and we've done that and we're, we're just about ready to, to put this show together and put it out there. Um, I'm not going to lie. we are we're a little nervous about it because of the information and the sensitivity and what has taken place with people who have touched on this subject. So we're going to put that out pretty soon, sooner than later. I want to get it out now. I want you guys to hear this story. You need to know this story about officer Yankee. We've also got another stack of documents that were released by the CIA. Um, a lot of stuff in here. There's UFO stuff in here. There's JFK stuff in here. I mean, just, it's almost endless. It's almost too much to go through. And, um, We're going to bring some of that to you as well. And then uh, ufologist Gentry Anderson, who was here just uh, last show. She's going to come back here pretty soon. She's got some new material, new stuff to talk to us about. We're going to bring her on. And as always, go to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to us. We'll continue to put these out to you. Go to the Facebook page, Oklahoma Ghost Stories, Into the Dark. Uh, Like that page. Follow us there. And be sure and, and, and jump in on the conversations. We've had a lot of good stories uh, posted here recently. We did the De- uh, Bessie Brown story, the uh, young lady who married the ghost of uh, her dead fiancé. Great story. Of course, the Buried in Oklahoma series we're doing as well. That's a fun series. And uh, our, our, our villain bracket, we've got the, the 64 best villains in uh, the movies and we're we're pitting them up against one another and uh, we're letting you guys vote on the winners until we get down to one one final greatest villain of all time. So uh, be sure and check that out. Again, thank you to Brat Legacy Films, uh, BratLegacyFilms.com. Their documentary Brat Ambition is uh, going to be coming out maybe by the end of this year. Uh, Executive producer, John Schwab. If you are a Jack Ryan fan, the TV show Jack Ryan, um, John is the CIA director, Miller. Uh, He is an executive producer with Brat Legacy Films. And Kim McKay, author Kim McKay, is going to direct. It should be a very, very good documentary about what it's like growing up in the military and then later on losing that ID card and being pushed out into the real world Um, and their success stories after that. I I got a little message the other day that George Teague, NFL football player, former uh, Alabama uh, Crimson Tide national champion, uh, is going to be part of that as well. So I think they're going to be doing his interview soon. And uh, that's all good stuff. So, again, for producer Aaron the Baron, I'm Brad Heath. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, thank you so much for following us, listening to us. And for our fans overseas, especially you guys, uh, we love seeing the new countries pop up and we love seeing places like Canada, places like uh, Vietnam was up there the other day. That's great. Australia is always a big one. Germany, um, we appreciate you guys so much and thanks for being part of it. Until next time, see you then.